Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday. It's November the 14th, 2017, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're continuing in the forward to the second edition, and we're going to begin on page XVIII, beginning with paragraph 2, our society then entered a fearsome and exciting. And for today's readers, who are, they are, the 12 steps would be Garrison M, the 12 traditions, Ingrid F, and the readers of our text this morning will be Marie J, Catherine M, and Elaine T. Now, I have two share IDs. They're five-digit numbers. Um, one is for Monday. That's yesterday, November 13th, 2017, for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10,665. And this morning, Tuesday, November 14th, 2017 for our 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 10,667. That's 10667. Our preamble, the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now I will ask, please, that Garrison M. to read the 12 steps. Star one to unmute, Garrison. I can catch that, Janice. This is not Okay. Please go ahead, dear. The 12 steps. Thank you. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, 
were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Yes. And thank you for stepping up, Melanie. Okay, I will now ask Ingrid F. to please read OA's 12 Traditions. Star 1 to unmute. Good morning. This is Ingrid F. in Southern California. The 12 Traditions. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop drinking. 4. Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction, rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. And thank you so much, Ingrid F. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we do ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. 
there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Well, today we resume our study. Uh, we resume our study on page XVIII, and we're going to begin sh commenting and reading on paragraph 2 to the following page and read two more paragraphs ending with the greatest assets that our society has. This time I will now ask Marie J. Would you please start reading for us? Yes, thanks, Janice. Thank you for your service. This is Marie Day, and I am recovered in Colorado. Our society then entered a fearsome and exciting adolescent period. The test that it faced was this. Could these large numbers of erstwhile erratic alcoholics successfully meet and work together? Would there be quarrels over membership, leadership, and money? Would there be strivings for power and prestige? Would there be schisms that would split AA apart? Soon AA was beset by, the very pro by these very problems on every side and in every group. But out of this frightening and at first disrupting experience, the conviction grew that AAs had to hang together or die separately. We had to unify our fellowship or pass off the scene. As we discovered the principles by which, these by which the individual alcoholic could live, so we had to evolve principles by which the AA groups and AA as a whole could survive and function effectively. It was thought that no alcoholic man or woman could be excluded from our society, that our leaders might serve but never govern, that each group was to be autonomous and that there was to be no professional class of therapy, there were to be no fees or dues, our expenses were to be met by our own voluntary contributions, there was to be the least possible organization even in our service centers, our public relations were to be based upon attraction rather than promotion. It was decided that all members ought to be anonymous at the level of press, radio, TV, and films, and in no circumstances should we give endorsements, make alliances, or enter public controversies. This was the substance of AA's 12 traditions, which are stated in full on page 561 of this book. Though none of these principles had the force of rules or laws, they had become so widely accepted by 1950 that they were confirmed by our first international conference held at Cleveland. Today, the remarkable unity of AA is one of the greatest assets that our society has. Man, I love this because this is what holds, a, this is what holds our program together. You know, yesterday we learned that in two short years we had 8,000 members and desperation and need was so great that it exploded. And then I love their use of the word adolescence period because I have twin boys who are about to go get into adolescence. And they have a friend across the cul-de-sac who comes over and the three of them get going and man, the conflict and the one-upping and the self-righteousness and everything that goes on with people who are not you know, to their full maturity and, you know, put a bunch of addicts and alcoholics in a room. And I'm sure there was a lot of controversy, but by the grace of God, the 12 traditions were the fruits of the conflict. 
And I'm sure, you know, I know I have, and I, and I would think that a lot of people have sat in meetings and have seen the conflict that goes on. But because we have our principles, I am so impressed when I hear people who don't get their way saying, I agree, I agree with the choice that has been made, the decision that has made, been made of the group, and I joyfully support it because I believe in the structure, I believe in the traditions, and I believe in, that the will of God exists in these rooms. And I hear that all the time, and it is so impressive to watch the traditions at work. So the, the creation of our steps was the creation for our lifeline for our own personal recovery. And these traditions are the lifeline of this program. You know, they give us the, the ability to be consistent in each meeting without any governance. And I think, God, can you imagine if this was a for-profit organization or if this was an organization run like politics? You know, I have gone into meetings all over the country and it's remarkable to see the consistency and walk in and be safe and at home. And I just really encourage everyone to carry the message as, po as much as possible because I look at my own experience in this program, in, in program before I found OA. I was in CODA for 10 years in the 90s. My sister was in AA. I knew about program, but I didn't know about OA. And even though we have you know, the internet and, and, and all, all kinds of ways to find out about OA, I still to make, make sure that I'm trying to carry the message to everyone. You know, when I have lunch with a, with a client and I'm careful with how I order and I bring my own salad dressing and I talk to the waiter about sugar and, you know, the, the client might comment, you know, how, quote, good I'm being. And that is always an opening for me to be forthright about my journey and what, why I'm doing it. It's not about being good. It's about saving my life. And people often open up, and that's a way for me to introduce this path to people who then go, wow, I've never heard of this. I, I had no idea. And they tell their adult children. And we continue to just carry this message by word of mouth because there is nothing better than my direct experience, strength, and hope that I can share with people every opportunity I get. So thank you for letting me share. I pass. And thank you so much, Marie, for sharing. Okay, we're going to have a group of people that would would like to comment on these paragraphs. Who would like to be first? B. Sylvia. Lisa J.R. Kathleen O. Okay, there was a lot of noise, so I'm just going to tell you who I have, but I know it's not correct because I heard somebody before. Sylvia F., who was that? Dorita P. Dorita P., was that the first one? Yes. Okay, Dorita. Okay, Dorita P., Sylvia F., Lisa J. R., and Kathleen O. Anybody else? Just one Melanie C. Okay. You'll be in the next group. We'll have Melanie C. with that group, and we'll begin with Dorita P. Good morning to you. Hi. Wendy good morning. Ann. Thank you. My name is Dorita P. from Cleveland, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I am a, a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm grateful. I just want to say that I'm just so grateful for this fellowship and how it all got started, you know, the adolescent period. You know, it took a lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error 
for uh for it to for it to get to where we are today, you know, the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. So I just wanted to say I'm just so grateful that they took all the time and the energy they had to put into this. And I try to put the same energy and time into, you know, continuing this. Uh, I heard somebody say on the phone, I think it was yesterday, into this, what did she say, um, movement. She said into this movement. And I'm so grateful that I benefited from the uh, movement. Um, I lost 100 pounds, and I, I kept it off for 10 years. And, you know, and I Oh, I, yeah, I'm sorry, Dorita. Um, I think I think you're going in and out. I hope I hope it's okay. Just, what is okay. I you're gonna pass. Well, thank you so yeah. much. Okay, thank you, Dorita P. Okay, let's have Sylvia F next. This is Sylvia F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in uh, Northern California. And, uh, you know, I love the reminder here that uh, about the traditions. So, you know, the whole book that we're working on, we're working on, you know, our spiritual psychic change. How are we going to change? And it's very much self. And this is the part where it talks about the greater good for the organization, because if our organization isn't working, then um, it's it's all going to affect our, our personal recovery as well. So that, you know, I when I first came into program uh, in Sacramento, I went to my home group was a meeting where every week they did a step and every other week they did um, the traditions. And so... I got to spend a lot of time hearing from a lot of recovered people of exactly how this, how to apply this. And, you know, so the common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on AA unity. It means that I had to think of others. And step five, each group has but one primary purpose. What is it? It's not to provide a fellowship for me or my recovery. It's to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. And, um, and that there's no requirement. You just want to, you just want, you have my disease. We have our same disease and we want, uh, we want to be there um, uh, together. We have a common problem and a common solution and anonymity. And all of these things were explained to me in such a way that I could understand, you know, even in anim- anonymity in the groups that uh, it meant that uh, I couldn't represent the group outside but also that we were all equal, that there was no one who was more recovered, less recovered. We didn't have, you know, we were all trusted servants. We had no leaders. We had no, uh, nobody to govern us, even though the first time I came in and there was a secretary or chair, I thought that that was the person in charge because I'd never been there. And so the bottom line for this, for me, is that um, the 12 steps taught me how to, how to live for myself as an individual. And then the traditions taught me how to work with others. And when I used these traditions, when I went into my um, work, even if they weren't practicing these traditions and I was, I, things went better. And, you know, the, the whole idea that I have, I have a, um, 
I have a responsibility to step up when I think things are not going well for the group. And then I need to shut up and let the group have its opinion and go with that opinion. That was huge for me because, um, and I see my time is almost up. I'll wind up. It was so huge for me because, you know, I, I could drill that home forever until everybody just made me shut up or they all, and would agree either way. But these 12 traditions, I was, I was taught how to work with others in OA. And then I took that out and I was, and I could learn how to work with others in my office, in my um, relationships. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Sylvia F. Okay, Lisa J.R., it's your turn. Hey, everybody. I'm Lisa J.R. from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm very grateful for this meeting this morning. Um, and thank you all for your service. This, um, this reading this morning it, it means a lot to me because when I came into this program originally as a newborn babe, you know, I wanted to lose weight. I, you know, approached this like a cafeteria that I can take some of this and I can take some of that and, you know, uh, leave the rest. And then when I came into vision, I saw, I became kind of a yearling. I grew up a little bit and then I continued to grow and it was still in the early stages about me, about um, getting myself together. Then when I transitioned into service, it became something different. And I really um, echo what the previous caller um, said about how the traditions have helped me to treat people. They've become almost as important to me as the steps themselves because I've been able to apply them to my marriage, to my office space, and again, um, as far as meetings go, I've been able to um, to understand how precious they are because where there are meetings that do not really honor the traditions, um, you know, um, or don't hold them to be very precious, um, politics come in. Um, religion comes in and unfortunately you know those are polarizing things and I'm just so grateful that the early pioneers had the um, had the the smarts to 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 just weed that all out because I've heard it once said opinions are like buttholes everyone has one and they all stink and if we all came to meetings talking about these things and not respecting our traditions, we would soon fall apart. Um, and I'm just really, really grateful that um, they too, the traditions also have really helped me to grow up in, in program and um, really, you know, get into the meat of what this work is all about. And with that, I will gratefully pass. Thank you. And thank you, Lisa J. R. Okay, Kathleen O., you're up. Good morning. Thank you, Janice, for your service. And um, this is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. So would there be strivings for power and prestige? Would there be schisms which would split AA apart? Soon, this was, soon AA was beset by these very problems on every side and in every group. And, you know, Bill didn't intend for anyone to use AA for wealth or power. 
and there were schisms. There was differences in opinions and beliefs. And so that's where the traditions came in. <clears throat> and I heard that he, Bill originally wrote these down in about 30 minutes. And um, <clears throat> because there were problems, you know, they were finding that there were groups when this started to grow, they were finding out that there were groups that wouldn't allow women. They were finding groups that, um, that um, wanted, you know, proof of alcoholism, written proof of alcoholism. And they even found a group where um, they abstained from all alcohol except beer. And so they realized that they had to do this. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I love the traditions, and I, I sort of wish that at the end, they had this last paragraph that we read, but out of this frightening and at first disrupting experience, the conviction grew that A had to hang together or die separately. We had to unify our fellowship or pass off the scene. And that's what it's all about. It's about unity. You know, we all need to come together. And, and it's what I love about vision. You know, um, I don't see, um, I think that some of the groups that I've been to that aren't strong, it's because they're not applying the steps in the traditions. They're, they're kind of picking and choosing or, or modifying things. And, um, and so I think that's why vision is so strong and why I, for one, and I know many others love it, is, um, you know, we read, we study, and we apply everything in this book that, that Bill was passing on to us, and we're not messing around with it. And thank you, I pass. Thank you so much. Kathleen O. Okay, Melanie C., you're up. Hi, thanks, Janice M. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Oregon. I, I had an experience some years back with these kinds of things, and I would suppose you could call me, um, you know, adolescent, you know, in this, when I'm looking back, I'm looking how much had to be tempered in myself and mature to myself, and my goodness, you know, I had already lived half a century, and that was difficult to to uh, to realize, but that was all a part of my recovery process here. And that piece that I look back at is when I was first new here, I got myself right involved in those business meetings. I thought that was a responsible thing to do to be a part of a meeting. And so I attended and I found that I had some pretty neat ideas, keen ideas of of shifting things around a bit and, and, and how things could run more smoothly. And I offered those, they allowed me to offer those ideas in that at that meeting and I thought I was so skilled in being able to keep my demure, wonderful posture and it was oozing out all over me that I was clearly emotionally involved in this sort of thing and to the point where I um, was felt so strong that I called AA straight away because there just was these breaches of rules and laws and regulations in the meeting that I was attended, attending and they just needed to be addressed. You know, all these things were going on and I called AA. And they visited with me. They were so wonderful and open about the idea that I brought to them. And they supported the fact that I was on the right track with what, what, what AA had, had, you know, kind of developed like. And um, when I said, well, what can I get then from you that would tell these people what they needed to do so Melanie could have her way so that this meeting would be well? And they were just really disinterested and didn't have any kind of interest in, I felt like, you know, it were just, and I thought, my goodness. And then they shared with me just these very things. One is that they were the least organized. Two, that we were here to build bridges. And three, three, that every group was autonomous and that each one could see this as their group conscience allowed. 
they didn't suggest this, but what I had come to after that is that I myself um, was young and was looking for some tempering and that I found actually for me that I needed to step back from those as I gave myself space to grow up and mature. Quite an interesting thing. I'm still doing that. I'm not arrived yet, but I'm very grateful to have this platform in this particular classroom to continue this growth because I have quite a bit and my watchwords are building bridges at at every cost, building bridges towards understanding what it is that I can do for you. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Melanie C. Thank God. All right, we are going to go on. Who else would like to comment? Wendy M. I heard Wendy M. And I heard a gentleman. Carlos. Leah T. B. I'm not going to hear anybody. Um, I just, I just asking for what is it, Carlo, Carlos? Carlo. Carlo. Okay, Carlo. Now I heard, I heard somebody B. Sherry K B. Leah T B. Sherry, <laughs> Sherry K B. Lucky K. I'm sorry. God, there's a background noise of I don't know if it's the ocean. I don't know if it's the Pacific. <laughs> Uh, Pacific Ocean. Who is that? There's an awful lot of background noise. Okay, Betsy K. Leah TV. Now, would you say that again? Who is that? Oh, God, I can't hear anybody. Leah TV. Leah TV. Oh, yeah. Okay, dear, please. All right. Liat TD. All right. Got it. Wendy M., please. I'm sorry if I missed you. I will uh, we'll get another group. But Wendy M., it's your turn. Are you there, Wendy M.? Did I see uh, yes. You? Hi. Good morning, Wendy M., um, recovered in Colorado. And um, thank you, Janice, and everybody on the line today. And um, I love the traditions because... They were like a foreign language to me when I entered the room because I ate over people. Why I ate, how I ate, it was always over people. Um, I had no idea how to relate to other human beings. Um, Other human beings are messy, um, and I want to control you. That's all I know. You're messy, and I want to control you. And, you know, the the traditions are not about that, it turned out. Um, And some people are saying I came in like I was a teenager. I came in like crawling like I was a baby. I was a mere child when I got into the room with regard to how I relate to other human beings. Um, I had no idea how to do it. And obviously the rooms, the traditions are magical, and they showed me how to do it. And they're what I call contrary action. Everything Everything about them was contrary action. I grew up in a home of outside issues. I grew up on outside issues. I binged on outside issues. And I binged on I'm right, you're wrong. Literally in college, I had a jean jacket. And on one side of the jacket, all the buttons were I'm right. And then all the buttons on the the other side of my jacket were um, and you're wrong. You know, and I had bumper stickers galore on the back of my car because I was right and you were wrong. And that's how I knew how to relate to people. and so what the traditions did, and I love to say this, is they gave me a safe place to land. They, te- they taught me, and they continue to teach me. Oh, my God, I'm still, like, in the adolescent phase. Um, that it's possible we can agree to disagree. 
And it's possible that the, that the group conscience is, and it is, God's conscience. It's, it's what God wants. It's, it's God's will. Absolutely. Um, you know, and in the beginning and sometimes still, if someone disagrees with me in the room or they say to me, you know what, that was crosstalk. You, you just crosstalk. I, 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 to be honest, I do get offended immediately. Um, of course, that's my go-to. And then I'm like, oh, thank you, God, that that pointed that out to me. You know, because the traditions are a place for me to learn how to relate to other people and also to admit, I don't know, maybe you do. In fact, I bet you do, and I don't know. And when I'm in that space of I don't know, I'm with God immediately. I don't know. Let me know. Tell me. Tell me what you know. You know, that openness, willingness, honesty um, is what gets me unblocked into God. You know, and what's in the room and how the, how the meeting runs. You know, I can be a nut. I can come in and just like, whoo, be crazy, want to run the meeting my way. And it turns out my way isn't actually very helpful. And so I get humbled in the rooms. I get open. I get willing. Um, and I have to say it's so uncomfortable when I see a tradition that is broken. And I realize these aren't rules. These are just suggestions. But one thing that um, I'm being challenged to do is speak up. But actually, if something, if a, if a tradition is broken, to have the courage to speak up. It's not about Wendy. It's about what's best for the room, what's best for the meeting, so that we can carry the message and keep it very, very clean and very, very simple. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Mm, thank you, Wendy M. Okay, Carlo. Hi, it's Carlo from Los Angeles, recovered uh, compulsive eater. And very grateful for this meeting, as always. Um, really enjoyed the uh, reading this morning. I actually read the same uh, caption this this morning, unknowingly that we were going to be going over it. Um, and it's just a great uh, surprise of the abundance of the program, all the different aspects, um, you know, specifically the traditions in this situation. And what it made me realize... Um, Where would you be at? Hang on. I don't know exactly the uh, words they used, but um, uh, just talking about the groups coming together and obviously a bunch of different people with a bunch of different uh, ideas and how it should go. And, you know, if we look at the the regular world, what's usually going to happen with a lot of people and different opinions is someone's going to dominate or there's going to be fight and it's going to get divided and there's going to be separation and people are going to be hurt, blah, blah, blah. So just grateful for these um, traditions to be able to kind of put us on a common ground and see the commonality and what a great um, tool that is just for life in general. And also just, you know, the structure to know that we can't control things. And that's, that's a great reminder um, because yeah, it's like meetings are going to be messy. People are going to have all their different opinions and to know that I can't control that. And all I can do is uh, express, what I would think would be right and accept the outcome. So it's, uh, the traditions are just amazing for that fact. Um, and also with that said, um, you know, I, I was, when I came in, I was, I mean, I was like, uh, all against the establishment and kind of feeling like a rebel and, you know, against the authority and whatnot. So, um, you know, this actually kept me from, doing harm or, or, or creating more division and uh, it also taught me a way to to see the uh you know just the commonality of all of all of us and i'm just grateful for this uh 
this reading this morning in this in this program. Thanks for me sharing. And thank you for sharing, Carlo. Okay, Sherry KB, it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thanks for your service, Janice, and everyone on the line. And I love and welcome newcomers. And we're talking about the traditions here. Um, I'm just going to start with what it says is our society entered a fearsome and exciting adolescent period. Um, and that's an interesting uh, way to put it because it was fearsome but exciting. And then adolescent means uh, a lot of things, um, going through different phases and changing and trying to look at how we can do this better and whatnot. And that's why the traditions are so important. You know, the steps are about our relationship with ourselves and the traditions are relationships with others and the concepts are relationships in the world. Um, and so it talks about the period that it went through, that it struggled and everything to get to. So thank goodness that the traditions came along. Um, I think they came along in 1945. Um, <clears throat> they were, I think, in the Grapevine uh, magazine, the AA magazine. And, um, it, you know, it talks about splits and, you know, the schisms, which are splits and division. And, um, you know, I, I look at OA, and I have seen branches of stuff branch off from OA of various different, um, you know, food programs from OA. And, you know, what's so important to me is that I know that this group, that our group, A Vision for You, that that's the name of our meeting, but we're a part of a of OA, not apart from, that we're still OA, and I'm so grateful to be a part of this renaissance that is bringing back um, the study of the big book and getting uh, not only abstinent but recovered by working the steps and uh, living in the steps and how different that is. And I I love tradition, too, that says based on attraction rather than promotion. Um, No, excuse me, that's a different tradition. But anyhow, tradition, too, is there is one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. And so to me, you know, with having a higher power as the ultimate authority, that, you know, that there are no um, leaders, you know. It says here it was thought that no alcoholic man or woman should be excluded from our society, that our leaders might serve but never govern. Um, and that, you know, that that's the ultimate authority is our higher power. And I also know that you know, I know that me as an addict, I don't like to be told what to do, so don't give me rules. I can hear traditions, but don't give me rules. And so really they are rules, but they're wonderful traditions to live by and to base our meetings on. And whenever I have questions or anything that happens in a meeting, I immediately go through the traditions um, because that will show me what I need to do and what to follow. And I love that there is a basis here of traditions so that these meetings can stay alive and that we can help all help each other. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, K- Sherry KB. Okay, Betsy K, it's your turn. I think I heard Betsy K. Hi, good morning. I'm. This is Becky K. I think that's oh, probably who you meant. Um, but I um, am delighted to share. Thank you so much, everyone. I'm Becky K from uh, Recover Compulsive uh, Overeater in Maryland. Uh, boy, so many people have shared so much, and uh, I'll try not to be redundant, but um, I, I too love the traditions because it, they do give me some a basis for working with others, basis and boundaries, so to speak. And what I like to just share is that I really take these traditions and try to apply them 
to my family. And um, my my nickname before program was Boss. And and uh, boy, I wanted things my way, and I always knew what was right. And so I came into program, and 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 everybody was. Um, you know, working these steps. And I remember even coming into programs sort of asking people like, okay, who's in charge here and what's going on? And, you know, people kept turning my head to to the page of the 12 traditions. And I saw, I saw leaders were trusted servants. And so I tried to apply that in my home. And even though I was a mom and, you know, I, I, I truly wanted what was best for my kids, I was bossing them around. And now, you know, and then soon my adolescent children, you know, as the adolescence in the book says, you know, are now adult men. And I was still trying to boss them around. And then I realized, wait a minute, you know, I'm just a trusted servant. I can guide my children. Um, This this is, you know, let's run this family um, attraction, rather promotion. And, And so, these traditions helped me live my life with my family. And and I took each and every one of them and applied them. We recently went to a trip um, to Europe. And, you know, tradition one, our common welfare comes first. And so listening to whatever everyone else wanted to do um, versus me saying, oh, no, this is what we're going to do because I want to do it, really made the trip so beautiful. And... So again, I, I just want to echo what everyone said that these traditions have really helped me live my life in 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 living well with others, especially in my own home. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you for sharing, Becky. Okay. Okay, Liat T D. It's your turn. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for all of you. What beautiful shares. Um, I, from this passage that we read, I really like the part where it says hang together or die separately. You know, I depend on this program for my life. I, I know what I'm capable of and, you know, and I, you know, I will take myself out to the end. I just, you know, I may not sound hopeful, but I know what I'm capable of and I, I know with my mind, I I just will die separately. And so I'm so grateful for those traditions. And, um, you know, in 1840, there was a society, and they were called the Washingtonians, and they uh, started in Baltimore, Maryland. They were sober alcoholics that got together, and they stopped drinking, and they did the same thing. You know, they had meetings, and and they actually were, it was a very successful society. They, at their peak, there were 600,000 members. You know, but ha- what happened is they started getting involved with controversies. They were getting into politics. They tra- you know, got involved with slavery, a- abolition and prohibition of alcoholic beverage, beverage, you know, drinking. And so they, they started getting involved with politics and they vanished. You know, and by 1935, when Bill started AA, he didn't even know about their existence. And they were, they were a huge society. So this has happened before, you know, and I am so deeply grateful for Bill coming up because it, it's inevit- inevitable for me to develop that ego and start running the show. That's what I do. I run the show. 
And so I'm so grateful that you, Bill, put those traditions for us to protect us, protect me from myself, you know? So this continued to save me. And I went to different OAs, and I, you know, I was members of different, and I love A Vision for You because it's just unifying. You know, we're all over Eaters Anonymous, and everyone has their food plan, and, you know, and what unites us is a solution, which is in the big book. And I love you all. That's the cement. That's what, you know, keeps us together. I love you all. Thank you for being there every day for me. I pass. And thank you so much, Liat. Okay, we have time for a couple more. Who would like to be next? Donna W. Donna W. And one more? John K. Okay, John K. All right. Um, please go ahead, Donna W. Hi, Donna W. In Palo Alto, California. So grateful for my recovery today. I'm powerless over food and recovered. And, um, yeah, you know, I wonder, like, what would it be like in the corporate world if we said this serenity prayer before a meeting, if we talked about principles before personalities? I just, uh, you know, I I do my best to show up in that spirit and uh, just to be really fascinated to see if a a company uh, acted under that as well. Um, in my own life, um, I saw my mom yesterday, and she called me sweetheart. I don't think my mother has ever called me sweetheart. So, you know, the traditions has taught me to show up. It's not all about me getting my needs met, med, you know, show up, be of service, um, be present. And, uh, you know, the miracles are working in my life today. Um, I have a great relationship with my mom, and um, it's because of the program. So that was just like this miracle that that was complete evidence of the, uh, the, 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 um, how the tr- steps and traditions work in my life today. That was out of task. Thanks. Thank you, Donna W. Okay, John K., take it away. <laughs> hey, thanks, Janice. Good morning. This is John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. Um, you know, uh, I, I just love these, and I've always joked that, um, you know, after being around 36 years, uh, the traditions are a little like insurance. Your eyes start to glaze over if people talk about it too long. At the same time, you're really glad they're there when you really need them. And over the years, I have seen uh, t- uh, absolutely almost every one of these traditions where, well, thank God we had that tradition. Thank God we had this tradition, because it is. It's so important. and I always, I, I sort of say it, you know, as a, as a, I don't know, uh, a guy named Terrell in our area who says, uh, I've reached the point in program where I get to call myself, uh, you know, um, an opinionated old timer. Well, I am an opinionated old timer, and I, I think it's so important to remember our, our meetings need to be governed by the traditions alone, and you know, you can decide anything you want at a meeting as long as it's done with a group conscience and God speaks through. The you know the choices and uh, nowhere in those nowhere in those I made a I did a skit at the uh, at the Newark thing and you guys saw it but it was sort of making a little commentary because nowhere in the traditions is there anything that says outside issues is there anything you know about uh, conference approved literature crosstalk etc groups get to decide that all for themselves and uh, you know when we talk about a schism you know there was a schism in OA you, you just have to look around. Uh, a few years back, I wrote an article for an outside website that dealt with 12-step, you know, 
programs of all kinds, and I described the many, many different 12-step food programs there are out there, and the reality is they all broke away from OA for various reasons. And I had one of the board of trustee members ask me, um, actually in Newark, um, what kind of suggestions would you make for OA if you could? And I said, well, for one thing, I'd try and bring those groups all back. Let everybody decide that's okay and just you know, everybody make their decisions as to what they eat, what they do, et cetera. And, and, and if you're going by the, the second and fourth tradition, they should be. They should be able to do that. And I think things would start to grow again. And the great thing about this meeting we have here is we don't care what you're eating. We don't care what food plan you're on. It's all in the book. That's the answer. And when I look around, you know, I, I everywhere I go, I preach vision for you because I said, just look it's this Darwinian evolution, you know, that which uh, succeeds works and that which doesn't, doesn't. And, you know, we're in the largest epidemic of obesity in the history of the world and OA is not growing. It's staying about equal, but see, that's a problem. Uh, you know, a, a good thriving organization has more people coming in than it has going out. And you want an example of that? Look at Vision for You way more people coming in than going out. And that's the great thing I love because I think we, over the years, the, the message has gotten diluted. And their message is in, I think, the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it's really easy to start rewriting it or adding extra things. And I believe, this is a personal belief, that the big book was divinely inspired and uh, I think everything else is a pale limitation. And so, anyway, I just want to uh, share um, uh, that I think this group is really the example that is using the traditions better than any other 12-step group I've ever been a part of. And with that, I, I pass. Well, thank Thank you, John Kay, for wrapping us up. Um, I just want you to know that, you know, a vision for you is only a group of OA that in our preamble uh, that we are unified on one thing and one thing only, and that is the goal of recovery. And that's why I think that it's successful because these are God's, my higher powers, standards. And with that, I'm going to thank everyone who shared this morning. And at, at this time, I will now ask Catherine M. to please read from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Okay, a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Uh, thanks. This is Catherine M. in Seattle, a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.